A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Welcome into episode number eight of Cheers to Baseball, presented by Old Dominic. He's Chris Tomito. I'm Kevin McAlpin. Happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks for joining us as we uh, pay homage once again to the great sport of Major League Baseball. And Chris, before we get into this week's topic, obviously the topic that's been on everybody's mind here this offseason has been the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Where will he sign? Will he stay in Southern California? What about this flight that was reportedly going to Toronto? Everyone's tracking it. Well, now we know. $700 million. It's the largest contract in Major League Baseball history. But 680 of that $700 million deferred. Your initial thoughts when you heard this story break from Shohei himself on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, so I had joked. Uh, I got the uh, AAV right at $70 million. Yeah. <laughs> Three for 210, four for 280. I didn't see it going to this, and I certainly didn't see how it was going to be structured. So some people tried to figure out, they start scrambling for the paperwork. Is this legal? Can you do it? Well, it wouldn't have been done unless it was legal, legal by the collective bargaining agreement. Then what's the value of the contract? So here's my first thought. The Players Association absolutely, plus the agent, by the way, absolutely wants to be able to scream, we now have a $700 million player who got $70 million a year. What they're going to say on the other side is, well, the value of the contract is really, what, 460 440, 400, people are going to start playing with the numbers because of how far out it's deferred. Then you look at tax implications. Is the state of California going to come after him? Well, it doesn't look like they can because the deferment is 10 years, and that gives him a right to move one mile outside of the state lines of California. That's Oregon, Nevada. He can go to Mexico. As long as he's a mile out of California, he won't have to pay the state taxes on the $68 million a year for the 10 years. And I can guarantee you one thing, and I'll almost guarantee one and a half. He ain't going to live in the state of California the day (laughs) that that deferment money is supposed to start coming in. And the other part is I'm not so sure the group that owns the Dodgers is ever going to pay him $68 million a year for one year, let alone for 10 years, because unless I'm wrong, this investment is going to get so big that the group that bought it for $2 billion might end up selling it before those deferments even start. And it's like we've talked about, you have general managers who will make these deals and go, you know what, that's someone else's problem down the road. Yeah, I've got my guy right now, but that's maybe two or three administrations beyond me that's going to have to pay those. Well, Very similar situation here. Yeah, that man, well, that general manager better win a couple of World <laughs> right. Series pretty quickly yeah. or else, yeah, at least I know of one change that's going to come. But if Otani works and it's a World Series in year one or two and a World Series in four and five, that's a, that's a good way for any general manager to keep his job. I think the least talked about part of this deal is the part that he's attached to the president, president of baseball ops and the guy who actually runs the team right now. There are no opt-outs. You know, it's, it's like Harper did 13 years, no opt-outs. There's no opt-outs in this. But they, they built in a, a if he's gone or he's gone, I have the right to opt out. And a lot of people are sort of trying to figure out, is that a little bit of dirty pool where the guys who absolutely need this to work – work into the contract that if you fire them, Otani's got a right to pull out. Let me tell you something. If this thing doesn't work out and he gets hurt a couple Mm. of times, 
I have no problem firing the guy and telling Otani to opt out. They don't have to pay you. Uh, the big money at the back end of it, if it happens towards the back end of this. Deal. It really is incredible. Well, how $2 million dollars a year, we said it, Orlando Arce is going to make more money this year than yeah. Shohei Otani. <laughs> so you tell me if it's dirty pool or just creative financing, because I know people are screaming about it both ways. Real quick, do you think this potentially changes free agency moving forward, or is this just really a one-off for a guy who makes as much as he does off the field in endorsement money? Is this just a, a once-a-generation type situation that this won't affect guys moving forward? Tom Brady is the example of a guy who took less money than he could have on what yeah. would have been the open market to help more guys sign. Now, that's in a cap-driven league. This isn't. Otani wants to win a championship or three because, by the way, he's never going to be measured by any of his numbers. Right. The the ties to Babe Ruth and he's he's a unicorn, we'll never see this again, that's all well and good. But eventually people are going to say, how much did he win? So in large part, I believe that the $2 million a year, while it's certainly good at the back end for he and his family 10 years from now in terms of the money, I do think he wants to win. He wants to win enough where people say, oh, by the way, it's not about how many wins he had and how many home runs it he hit it's how many world titles did he win and if you win enough world titles that is the first thing that's going to be talked about by yeah. you so he he's certainly rareish enough to believe that this isn't happening but i think the other thing this did i think people now realize because it's been written about more how many of these contracts actually have deferred payments we had always joked about bobby bonilla day yeah. well this guy's going to get a 68 million dollar <laughs> check so as steve phillips said he's off the hook yeah. bobby bonilla is just a pimple on the ass of <laughs> deferred contracts at this point now so um that part i thought was interesting as people were you know even texting me or dming me saying wait home, freddie freeman mookie bets because yeah. it's not talked about this one it had to be talked about because the money was so big i think my favorite part about it too is the deferment date is the same as bobby bonilla day it is july the first so yeah you want to talk about bobby bonilla day times about 60 something i don't know i'm not great at math yeah. this thing is 1.1 million whatever that ends up being yeah that's uh that's the dodger saying to the mets hey hold our beer watch this watch watch what we're about to do yeah and steve phillips is uh, that was just funny i didn't realize <laughs> he said it i said something on the air it was pointed out to me that steve phillips pointed it out that steve phillips is now officially off the hook yeah. when it comes to deferred payments no question about it well we know that you and i are keeping the baseball talk rolling all off season long we know the major networks as well including our friends at mlb network trying to do the very same and if you haven't caught some of the prime nine and you and i were, were discussing this before we started recording uh really interesting how they start going through baseball history go back to the late 40s come up with the best players at certain positions and i thought left field really intriguing one that we could start with here this off season yeah they they started 47 and up so it's post integration that's one of the reasons they did it and it's quite honestly easier you know i joke about if something happened in the 1910s or certainly the 1880s did it really happen yeah how do you quantify the game even going back to 1947 there were differences bigger stronger faster four-man rotations five-man rotations the dh smaller ballparks all the stuff that has changed obviously since 47 but they picked it as a non-arbitrary place to start they're going to come up with the nine best at every position so left field, where do you put Barry Bonds with the steroid stuff? Where does Ted Williams actually fit into the whole thing? And here's why they're doing it. They've already done shortstop. If Ozzie Smith's not one of the top nine shortstops since 1947, what the hell's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. As somebody who's been in the media a long time, this is to create conversation. They're not trying to come up with anything definitive. This is subjective. There's some objectivity to it. But it's a way to keep baseball in the news 365 or as close to 365 as possible. Winter meetings end. Do you think 
this is surprising. This happened after winter meetings? No. No, because, and after even the Otani deal, because at that point you go, okay, what's the next thing to talk about? Well, I'm going to argue that my guy is fourth, not third. He's fifth, not, not off the list. So that's what they're really doing here. They're trying to create a conversation that lasts through the winter time. Um, there'll be a couple of, look, do I believe they goof around with some of these lists to create more conversation? I do. Yeah. Because that just generates it. And it's you and I and maybe even people who don't do this for a living talking about the list that might have come out last night on the network. And number nine on the list was Tim Raines, a guy who was certainly a, a lightning rod of conversation a few years back, a guy that uh, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Where, where do you rank his career well, stolen all the time? Bases, it's interesting that, you know, it's funny, stolen bases have come back into the game. So I would have, I don't know if he was supposed to be higher, but I do think you can have the conversation about his stolen bases and you could have it in, in context to today. Mm -hmm. If you would have told a 30-year-old guy five years ago, let me tell you about stolen bases, they would have been like, what? What are stolen bases? Because they weren't even registering in baseball. It's interesting that his name comes up in the conversation, sort of can be centered around, oh, by the way, this is a tool that nobody talked about for about 30 years in the game, certainly for 20 years in the game. Let's talk about it with a guy like this. And left fielders, that position has changed so much over the years as well. I mean, think about it locally here in Atlanta. Some of the guys we have seen out there in left field, I mean, we've seen Evan Gaddis. <laughs> we've seen Eric Hinsky patrol left field. It, and used, it used to be, oh, just hide him in right field. <laughs> That's not a thing. Yeah. It's hide him in left field. Yeah. Can I get more out of the guy offensively? Going back to a guy like Greg Luzinski. Uh -huh. In a world where, so look, this is to me why the, the idiocy of DH, no DH in each league was so stupid. Otani's deal couldn't have even been done with the Dodgers unless the DH was universal. Think about that. Yeah. So the Greg Luzinski's of the world playing for the Phillies in a National League park where am I going to put him? Just put him in left field. And you got to say that you hope his glove doesn't cost you more runs than his bat drives in. Yeah, no question about it. Ralph Kiner obviously uh, makes the list. A guy whose career numbers speak for themselves. No question about it. I think he won the National League home run title six years in a row, if not seven. Mm. That's the story. You know, Branch Rickey was the general manager of the Pirates. And Ralph Kiner actually, he, he led the National League, if not all of baseball, and home runs again for like the fourth or fifth year in a row, and he wanted more money. And I said, well, you know, what do you want? And he gave him a number, and Branch Rickey said, I finished in last with you. I can finish in last without you. <laughs> so that's the infamous story about what general manager's office do you want to go into and which, what are your demands going to be based upon perhaps against something like home runs. And you mentioned, what, six or seven years in a row. He finishes with 369. Yeah, he had a back issue. Yeah. So he had, a, he had to leave the game early because of a back issue. Uh, it was really low. His first year on the Hall of Fame ballot was really, really low because people didn't take that in consideration. Mm -hmm. uh, what he did, how good he was at it, but did the numbers add up to 400-plus? Well, they didn't. Right. So he paid a little bit of a price having to wait very long to get into the Hall of Fame. And back then, the, hall, the, the home run numbers aren't anything close to what you see yeah. now, even in the last 15, 20 years. Heck, go back 30 years. You know, guys that led their respective leagues weren't necessarily putting up the gaudy offensive numbers we're, but, we're accustomed to seeing. But hits and average yeah. uh, was working against him. Uh, but, you know, again, I would have thought – it's really strange. There are guys, and it's a little bit more in the NFL than other sports. He worked in the booth for a long time. Mm -hmm. He was very good at it. He yeah. became a Met icon yeah. in the booth. But that wasn't part of the mindset. Some of these guys get on TV, and it keeps their Hall of Fame thing alive. There are people who argue whether it was, I don't know, Howie Long or others. You know, Lynn Swan, 
whoever it might be, whoever you think might have been a borderline Hall of Famer, working on TV keeps you in the public's eye, which eventually will help you out in the Hall of Fame thing. Was there a better analyst and a better segment than Kiner's Corner back in the day? Oh, no, listen, <laughs> it was the first, look, I, I joke all the time, everything has come back to in sports where wrestling is involved in it. From Pat McAfee to sets and to screaming and to clicks and heel turns, like wrestling has infused itself into anything. Kiner's Corner is one of the few things that I think wrestling stole from. Yeah. Let's build a set. Let's, you know, was Ralph drunk all the time? No. Was there a couple of days where he probably <laughs> was? Yes. But it was sort of that idea of let's bring in the player of the game and who the hell knows what Ralph was going to say and they're going to give you a gift certificate for a watch. Right. That's <laughs> not even lying about that. And you sponsor it from a beer company. Yeah. Like, that's not even a lie either. So, yeah, Kiner's Corners was a staple, no doubt about it, especially growing up if you're my age. Yeah, no question. Tell me everything you know about Al Simmons. Um. <laughs> So hold Putting on. you completely on the spot. This can't be. That's not post-1947. I was going to say, that's so a little Al, older. Are they discussing Al Simmons maybe in a comparison to somebody? Maybe. I don't yeah, know. This is, unless somebody said, well, what about Al Simmons? And they said, well, the rules are supposed to be 1947 and later. Yeah. I mean, I he's hanging out with Babe Ruth, so. Yeah, yeah, look. Oh, wait. That, <laughs> that must be. Oh, those are really big-name guys. No, yeah. Al Simmons. <laughs> Al Simmons, I think, is one of those guys who had a, as gaudy a lifetime average as you're going to get. Mm. It wasn't Cobb, but I think Al Simmons. Look at this. Got Mel Harder talking about him. Yeah. That's old school. <laughs> no numbers on the guy's back. Right. Guy standing three feet away during BP, yeah. which is insane, too. No helmets. By the way, can we go? No helmets. Can you just imagine baseball today? Have had they never evolved? I mean, you'd have guys literally dying on the field. Um. Uh, yeah, you know, the the whole idea of with Koufax and Drysdale and Gibson throwing at you, uh, there wasn't ear flaps for a long time. Right. The helmet sat on top of the hat. Yeah. The helmets, I don't even know what year helmets came in. But no, you don't want to be playing this game. <laughs> I'm a little bit angry at you, therefore I'm going to throw at you. Yeah. I don't think that's really a thing. Now this guy was all right, huh? Yes. Well, think about this. I mean, you go from Ted Williams to Carl Yastrzemski. And then you, and then Jim and then Jim Rice. Yeah, that's a pretty good three in a that's row. One hell of a run, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that might be. Look, Dimaggio to Mantle is probably also as good as it gets too. But if you can go, I double up my Hall of Famer with another Hall of Famer. That's not bad. You've you've talked to a lot of these guys. Yeah. You ever got a chance to sit down with Yaz? Oh, funny. Ask me why. Why, Chris Domino? Uh, you... uh, he don't want to do it. No, and he he's salty. His reputation is he's salty. Really? I never told you the story at the 99, the 1999 All-Star Game. No, at Fenway Park. Yeah. You were there. Yeah, that's the All-Century team. Yeah. So I'm standing outside. I'm invited to stand outside with a couple of people as the players are coming in for the Kevin Costner-led. Here are the people who are, they're going to bring all these guys on the field. Yeah. Where did Carl Yastrzemski play? Uh, he played at Fenway Park in yeah, Boston. Yeah, where did I say the game was? That was uh, at Fenway Park in Boston, yeah. Maybe the only guy, as fans were chanting names as guys got out of cars, maybe the only guy who didn't turn around to at least acknowledge fans. Some guys signed a couple of autographs, but it was mostly an acknowledgement. Ask me if he turned around to even acknowledge the fans in Boston. Did he acknowledge the great fans in Boston? He didn't. Wow. Not he. And then I was standing next to a police officer who had been in Boston for a long time. He said, least surprising thing he'll see. Really? Yeah, he... he and again, whether it was privacy, whether it was anger, whether it was whatever it might be, bitterness. I mean, when he made an appearance with his son, Mike, uh, in San Francisco, that was like, whoa, there's Carl. Because yeah. he didn't do anything. I think he retired to Long Island. 
And and again, I don't begrudge a guy not wanting to be in the limelight, but I knew his agent because he was the same guy who handled a lot of Stan, Stan Musial stuff. And he told me for about two years, Chris, I think we can do it. I think he'll do it. Nah, he doesn't want to do it. Nah, he doesn't want to do it. Hmm. So he was, even those people around him said, not likely. And those guys, man, when they don't want to do it, it just ain't happening. Oh, yeah. Look, <laughs> most of them at least will give you a shot. Uh, but this was even the guy who handled his business said, I don't see him really doing it. Now. Hmm. So, again, to each his own. It's just a shame, you know, because Bill Russell, another sport, but Bill Russell's kids, grandchildren, I think, even said to him, why are you letting up? Why are you letting everybody else write your narrative? Why don't you write it? Yeah. And Bill Russell all of a sudden went from a guy who didn't want to speak about himself to speaking about himself and doing more stuff, not to brag on himself, but just because he was funny, he was engaging, and a lot of people didn't know that. In the last eight, nine years of his life, he absolutely proved to be just that. Yeah. The guy who wanted to impart some wisdom on younger people, um, I just don't think Yaz is ever really going to have it come to that. Hmm. Well, we're halfway down the list. Speaking of Boston, we stay in Boston. Uh, a guy that uh, obviously Manny, being Manny, boy, you want to talk about a a career, uh, a character. I mean, I, I think that's what most people do when you hear the name Manny Ramirez. The first thing you sort of do is just kind of shake your head at some of the things you saw him do in the outfield. Yeah, Manny going into the uh, the Fenway Park Green Monster <laughs> Wall and a game starting and he's not out there yet. Uh. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. And look, there was a lot of stuff certainly when it started, when it didn't in terms of uh, substance, Manny was a hell of a talent. Yeah. You know, Manny, filthy, filthy talented. And and clutch. You know, David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez were two guys who, who made a lot of their reputation on being guys who, when a game was on the line, and Manny was part of that Cleveland team that was. Yeah. That 95, 96 version, 94, 95, 96, of that young Indians core was, I mean, that was talent without having to pay talent, as good as we've seen in baseball in the last 35 years. I think a lot of times, too, he's remembered as some of the antics and some of the things, like you said, going and using the restroom inside the Green Monster. By the way, there is no restroom inside the Green Monster. Yeah, he, it's just think, an inside of a wall. I don't think he was using the restroom. <laughs> I think he was just hanging out for a little bit. Who knows what he was doing in there? Yeah, and uh, then cutting off the throw, which was one of the more bizarre things. But like you said, an unbelievable Terry go coming out of <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, it really was. He knows what he was doing. Listen, I can come up with about five things he could have been doing. In there. <laughs> um, but the other part, too, is, you, you know, what me. He was another one of those what me guys when he got busted. Yeah. I think he tested for, the only tested positive for at least the first time. Was that? He tested positive. I think it was for uh, uh, what women take as they're trying to get pregnant. Oh. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, man, that was a mistake. <laughs> I was like, was it? <laughs> was it? Because that's one of those where you just go, you're sort of busted. Yeah. It was a, what are, what are they, a fertility drug. I think yeah. he got tested with a fertility drug. <laughs> and part of what used to happen is he used to try to mask some of this stuff. Uh. So... Yeah, as far as I could tell, he didn't have a problem getting pregnant. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like you said, when you talk about that lineup with David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez, and obviously they had a lot of other pieces around him Listen, as well. I mean, that, that's that, Albert Bell and yeah. Jim Tomei in yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. Filthy. Yeah. Filthy. So, yeah, yeah Manny, Manny was extremely talented. Uh, if you could if you could look past some of the things, and the biggest one being steroid accusations, there he is. Yeah. Speaking of uh, all-time greats, the greatest of all time, Ricky Henderson. I know we've had some fun with the stolen base numbers this year in Major League Baseball being up as compared to years yeah. past. But this guy, you want to talk about a baseball reference page, not talking about his defense, we're talking about his offense and, and the stolen base numbers. I mean, it's just, 
it's incredible to see what and and to think what he could do in baseball in 2023 and beyond. Power at the top of the lineup uh-huh. that was different. Certainly, I don't believe it started with him, but he certainly was the guy that took it to another level. I agree with you. A lot of italics uh, on his baseball reference page, but a game changer. If you talk to pitchers who had a pitch against him, you know he could change a game. Yeah. You know, Vince Coleman and other guys would say, "Well, why? You know, you can't steal first. Uh, there's only one reason it doesn't have on my page that I." I've never stolen first because you can't steal first. Yeah. There are people who used to say that Ricky didn't actually leg out a double because he'd rather keep it as a single and go steal second. <laughs> was that he enjoyed that more than maybe hitting the double? Yeah. There are people who said stuff like that. Uh, but he was game changer. He he'd start wiggling his fingers off first base and all of a sudden now, you know, you had a problem. Your pitcher had a problem, your catcher had a problem, and the guy at the plate's like, All right, throw me a fastball. Yeah. Throw me a fastball because I know you're going to want to get a little pop time on this. Yeah. So the fastball became everybody's friend who hit behind him. 1,406 steals. I think it's 81 career leadoff home runs. Only reason I know that off the top of my head is because yeah. of Ronald Acuna locally here in Atlanta with all of his success at the top of the order. But like you said, for many years it was this small, speedy guy to get on base, and, and Ricky certainly changed that narrative. And, oh, by the way, the guy could play left field as well. Yeah, and he was a freak. Like he was, he was a different type of ball player at a time where you didn't see a lot of guys like him. Yeah. He wasn't a slap guy to try to – he wasn't looking necessarily for the walk. He, he'd actually take it deep just as soon as he walked. Yeah, no doubt about it. And like you said, uh, going back, you can't steal first, no. at least not yet. Rob Manfred has not written that one into the rule book. But who knows what's to come. To be tried in double A <laughs> right. in a season coming up soon. Do you think, by the way, speaking of things they've tried out in the minors, do you think uh, this automatic ball strike thing, do you think that's actually got legs to it some, somewhere? I don't know. Uh, again, Rob Manfred seems to think he's on a roll. You, you know, again, we, we joke about standing on third thinking you hit a triple. Uh, what the NBA did with the in-season tournament, you best believe that Rob Manfred and company, look, here's what I know about the basketball in-season tournament in the NBA. For as much as the numbers might have been up, they said betting was up 300%. Oh, there you and go. The one thing that I've always said about baseball, baseball would love to. In a world where they, oh, we can't be around Pete Rose. Gambling, it's the devil's work. <laughs> uh, if the one thing that baseball would like more than anything else is more people betting on baseball. Not fantasy, year-long fantasy, Daily fantasy for sure, but I think they would like just the general population to think about baseball as a more bettable game. When they see that number 300% up in the end season tournament, don't be shocked if they're not sitting in the offices come January 1st trying to figure out how to have an end season tournament. Especially when you think about gambling and how big it is on all four major sports now as far as sponsorship goes, but also when you're the only game in town for a few months. You know, when, when the NBA and NHL wrap up, it's Major League Baseball for a couple of months until those real degenerates come out and start looking at lines for preseason NFL games. God bless you if you bet the in-season <laughs> tournament in the NBA. But you know what those were? Regular season games. You could have bet them anyway. <laughs> right. So they sold something. They sold you a bill of yeah. goods with courts and everything else. But I'm just telling you that Rob Manfred is probably going, what can we do as an in-season tournament? Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to take away the All-Star game? Do you want to do something a little bit strange? Do you want to take regular season games and tell people if you go – Six and oh, you two can have a brand new trophy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. They're gonna try. Yeah, they are. They're I doing know. something in the minor the spring training with the minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. The uh the here's my prospects to play your prospects games. I don't get it. Well, that's really so you could see A ball guys. Sure. 
who you wouldn't normally see in anything close to a TV broadcast of a spring training game, you could maybe see them playing. Yeah. Okay. We got sidetracked on the gambling. We completely missed Stan the Man up here. Uh, when you talk about his career accomplishments, he he's the one that had the exact same number of hits on the road as he had True. at home, correct? I mean, True. you want to talk about a bizarre career accomplishment. 13-15, 13-15. It's unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> Yeah, 13-15, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, Musial played first base. He mm -hmm. played in right some. Uh, I don't know how much leeway they're taking with this. Must be primary position. Yeah, well, look, it, they, like you said, it's it's sparking conversation, and we know this guy was certainly the bait of plenty of, of conversation. Barry Bonds, I don't think people understand. You go back and look at his numbers in Pittsburgh, like Hall of Fame trajectory before anything else happened. Mm -hmm. And then we all know how his numbers really uh, ballooned, if you will, when he got to San Francisco. But this guy was on pace to be in Cooperstown well before anything of accusations happened when he was uh, in, in a, a giant uniform. But I think because wrong place, wrong time for him, and the numbers were so big, 70-plus yeah. months, uh, winning MVPs at a the time, there was no natural progression of his career fading away. And you can't say, well, they know how to – eat better now and they know how to lift better now and i think it was his obstinance it was everything beforehand in his personality look he had a he had plenty of douche in him before <laughs> before any of this stuff but if you add that on you're in the media you bring that up i can tell you i've had enough pitchers tell me most talented guy they've ever seen standing 60 feet away from them mm -hmm. that's good enough for me to let me know how talented he was yeah. so i can play the game of how talented he was talk to the guys who had to try to get baseballs by him no problem in that but it was the flaxseed oil, and it was the, you know, sort of the look what you guys are doing to me. But he never addressed it. He thought he was above addressing it. Okay, so if you want to, if you want to play the fiddle at both ends, you got to pay a little bit of a price. Now here's what he doesn't pay: a price on a list like this, because I'll guess Ted Williams is going to be number one. Mm -hmm. And if if you're only behind Ted Williams on any list, any list. I can tell you, you can't complain about people discounting what your career was, even though the MVP's late three in a row or four in a row. It was at least three. Three in Might a row. Might be four, yeah. At, at a time when everybody is basically, you're not, you're not using a walker, but you're not doing the things he did. There was no natural progression of his aging process. Yeah. And but he still gets to be second on an all-time left fielder list. So, again, what's he going to do, cry that he's not in front of this guy? Yeah. I don't think anybody's crying they're not in front of in front of Ted Williams. This guy's a freak. And, and, and I, we've talked about this on the pregame show. For a guy who, what was his, his age, 26, 27 seasons, when he was in active military service, you think about what he did and what the numbers he did put up over the court and how much better they could have. Like, he could have been even better than he was when all was said and done. Oh, yeah. He might have had 700 home runs. Yeah. But Amanda, Amanda, you're a young woman, correct? You, you consider yourself a young woman. How many... Do you know how many wars this guy fought in? No. He fought in two. <laughs> he was so good at the first time, he went back for another one in Korea. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all you need to know. He missed five-plus years of his time. For as, for as great of a ball player as what people will say, he was a better fighter pilot, right? Yeah, 2010 eyes. and Yeah. He, he, again, he came back after missing a couple of years a couple of times and was still Ted Williams. Yeah. So... And it, well, listen, people say, well, he wasn't much of a left fielder. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? He wasn't much of a left fielder? Yeah. Yeah, who cares? That's like saying, oh, I don't know. Um, uh, let me use a really good example here. That would be like saying Kate Beckinsale isn't much of a cook. <laughs> who cares? Right. 
at a certain point, if we're going to have a conversation, there was a who cares moment in it. And playing left field at a place like Fenway Park, people don't understand, that is a, a challenge in and of itself. If you play it long enough, look, at the end of the day, people would say, hey, Ted, here's the deal. Go back to the wall, don't run into the wall, and anything that comes off the wall, the shortstop will yeah. But, again, if you want to tell me that, you know, Ted Williams is a left fielder, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Robert Redford. I don't know if you know this. Robert Redford, he wasn't really good. I don't know. He wasn't a great astronomer. <laughs> yeah, the job he needed to do, which was act, he was really good at. Yeah. Correct, he was really good at. Yeah. So I, I, he's such a bad left fielder that they say he's the best left fielder in the history of the game. That's, that's how much people should care about it. You take any issue with any of the guys on this list? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I think the shortstop one, if I'm not... If I'm not wrong, it might have been the Ozzie Smith thing. might have been the one that he – I don't think he was on the prime nine. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't think he was. Is this, by the way – yeah, no, I think it's called prime nine. Yeah. And I think it's just the nine. I don't know what, what – other than the dates. But Al Simmons being on there, I don't really understand that. So maybe i got to go look again. Look – They've got me confused, and that's all they want is idiots just talking about stuff like this for as many days as possible during the offseason. Yeah, well, look, we are uh, holidays are right around the corner. Yeah. We know that. And obviously there's been so much going on as far as the world of baseball is concerned, and that will certainly continue as we move forward. Uh, do want to mention our friends at Old Dominic have hooked us up with some great libations for the holidays. Uh, like you said, if you're going to a party, you're going to a friend's house, don't, don't go empty-handed. Bring a couple bottles while Dominic Oh, with you. hi. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Like, you don't have to even wrap it up. Just hand it to him. Oh, my hands are empty. Yeah. yeah now I know who you are. Yeah. All you got to do is this. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> then you know what you're not known as? That guy. Don't be that guy. Be, yeah, don't be that guy. No. no. You don't want to be that guy. You could be the guy, but you never want to be known as that guy. If you walk in with a couple of bottles of Old Dominic, you'll be the guy. I can promise you that. Yeah, yeah. I've sure. been sampling the uh, cask strength back at home, and whew, yeah, it's been a happy holiday season so far. Happy holidays, <laughs> as we like to say. Right there. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> so we want to do, do want to thank the fine folks at Old Dominic for uh, being part of our coverage, bringing this to you as we continue to look back on the great history of this game. We'll continue to do it all off season. We'll roll it right into baseball season. And I know you and I have talked about it. Once the holidays are over, like for me, it's all systems go, man. It's like five weeks till spring training. Bam, let's get this thing rocking and rolling. So while it, it's a little cold here in Atlanta, I got my, my beautiful uh, yeah, yeah, reindeer yeah, uh, yeah. Christmas sweater on. Yeah, it's pretty. a little chilly out this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the warmer weather is not far away. No, I believe that's a uh, that's a, a polo, isn't it? Yes, isn't that the polo collection? That is from Ralph Lauren. <laughs> sure, I believe it is. Yeah, it's even got a spot you can put your beer in here, which is oh, the best part. Nice. So you don't have to walk around and hold or your you, beer. You can or, or your heaters. It's, and it's well that too. You can yeah. Put your heaters in there, and and it's not Rudolph. It's Brudolph, by the way. Oh, I part see of what's happening. Santa's drinking oh, squad because he's he's oh. got his. Oh, the funny sweater people. There you go. Exactly. Well, listen, Chris. Thank you, Amanda, by yes. the way, for doing these. Thank you, Amanda. Happy holidays to you and your family. Happy holidays to you as Thank well. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Feeling Thanks better, right? Uh, a little bit. You're moving around a little better. Yeah. yeah. Good days and bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> listen, I'll just drink later tonight. and It'll be okay. That's I'll take my pills and some drinks. Yeah. What? No, I didn't say that. That sounds good to me. Folks, enjoy your holidays. We'll get together again real soon. In the meantime, make sure you pick up some old Dominic, and we'll continue paying homage to Major League Baseball history as we continue throughout the offseason right here on the Braves Radio Network. 
In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.